Hello, and welcome to the Thoughtful Realtor Podcast. I'm Kenny Gong. And I'm Connie Chung. This is a show for budding real estate agents, whether you're new to the industry or seasoned in refining the fundamentals of your craft. We share practical tools and powerful stories with the vision to take our time to give you time, the most valuable resource of all. Today, we're digging in real deep on a subject that we'll likely revisit time and time again. We're talking about that pesky voice inside our heads that creates fear, doubt, guilt, and shame. That voice inside our head that just harps and nags and takes us through the downward spiral. It's that voice that often is the culprit behind our inaction, our nonstop questioning, and those long sleepless nights. It's a voice we know all too well. It's the voice connected to our deepest insecurities, and it has a personality entirely of its own. We're talking about our inner critic. That little bugger of a voice. I know. I hate my inner critic. (laughs) Who doesn't? And that's why today we're sharing our experiences with our inner critic and practical tools on how to keep it at bay. As we like to say, take what you want and leave the rest. So let's dive right in. Okay, so this is a topic I am all too familiar with. Ditto. And I'm sure many of you can relate. The inner critic is that voice of yours that doubts, judges, and demeans what you do so much that it inhibits actions and plays mind games on you, getting you to believe that what it's saying is true. It's linked to what's known as imposter syndrome too, that feeling like we don't belong or that feeling that we're not good enough. Yep, that imposter syndrome. We'll do a whole other episode on that bugger too later on. Definitely deserves an episode of its own. And that last part you shared too is so, so important. It's hard to not believe what our inner critic says, especially if we keep hearing it over and over. Like I could be having the very best day possible, getting all kinds of things done, things are moving and grooving, and then all of a sudden I hear a tiny little whisper trying and successfully ruining my day. It's that voice that critiques what I'm doing, what I'm not doing, what I should be doing. Sometimes when I'm feeling especially feisty or fired up, I can brush it off my shoulders and move on. But a lot of times, those voices will not only stick, but will push me, tumbling down and spiraling out of control. Suddenly, so much time has passed and I haven't done anything but worry and stew. That sounds so familiar. I catch myself at night, especially when I'm laying in bed and relaxed. And then all of a sudden my mind replays the day and starts questioning everything I've done and especially hones in on what I could have done better, what I could have said more eloquently or had I more focused more, I could have gotten X done or said X. It's relentless. Mm -hmm. I hear you. Can you ever scroll on Instagram and feel like someone's life seems so much more glamorous and fun or successful than yours? All the time. Every time. All day. All day. <laughs> I know. I have to remind myself nonstop that one, it's just that person's highlight reel. Who knows what they've got going on in their real life and all the real life struggles they're dealing with. And two, I know that's my inner critic talking. I know from firsthand experience, I used to start my mornings in bed with my phone above my head, scrolling through Instagram. And then after a mindless half hour passes, I feel awful because all of the thoughts that would go through my head of feeling not enough, like, oh, my life is not as pretty or my words are not as articulate or eloquent or whatever. It just feels like I'm not living that successful life. So why even get out of bed? Why even try? 
Sound familiar? Yes, absolutely. All too familiar. Now it's why I also have a no Instagram before getting out of bed policy. (laughs) And that's why I actually try to put my phone outside of my room before going to bed. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But social media certainly makes it easier for our inner critic to take main stage. I know, it's paralyzing. So tell me, Kenny Moore, um, how does your inner critic manifest? In so many ways. Well, okay, so you know, as realtors, there are endless fires to put out. We always give our clients a heads up before going into escrow that it's common to have a hiccup or two, even in the simplest of transactions, and they're often out of our control. Yet, even knowing all of this, whenever something goes wrong, even when I know it's not my fault or there isn't anything I could have done or known to prevent it, I can't help but think, what could I have done better? What could I have done differently? Or wonder, why didn't I do that perfectly? What if I had known X or did Y? The what ifs get to me a lot. And that's where I stew and stew until until I'm exhausted. (laughs) But my inner critic can then do a terrible song and dance that lasts for hours. That's exactly why I have so many gray hairs. We are our worst critics. Yeah, so, so, so true. Okay, Con, you're such a positive person, but I also know that the inner critic gets to you. What's it say? It's funny because I love making people happy and I derive the satisfaction and happiness when other people are happy. But the flip side to that is that I am such a people pleaser. And when something goes wrong or when I sense someone is the slightest bit unhappy, my first instinct is, "Uh oh, what did I do wrong? And I can't help but think that they must not like me or they must be judging me. And then there are these times where I feel paralyzed. I get caught up in thoughts like just the other day I was replaying our podcast episode before it went live and I cringed at the sound of my voice and I thought, oh my God, it sounds so weird. And people are going to think, oh, Connie, you're so weird. You're so annoying. And then, oh, why did I say that? Or, oh, I should have said this differently. Oh, it's awful. And this other time. We've got a listing on a pretty tough street with the unit facing directly into a gas station. And I know we've done everything possibly that we could have done to prep this home for market. We painted the interiors, staged the home with really cool staging, got the windows professionally cleaned, hosted an incredible event that drew many folks into, and we created some really cool marketing pieces. Yet it's been struggling because it's been sitting on the market. And I know for reasons out of our control, like for example, we can't choose the part of the street that it sits on or the market conditions. And yet I can't help but think it's my fault. Like what could I have done differently? And those thoughts, they creep on me throughout the day. And even at night, like the other, like last night, I woke up in the middle of the night and the first thought came to my mind was this listing and it started replaying and I had to stop. And actually in processing this episode, it's made me think, okay, nope, that's my inner critic talking. And it's in moments like these, I remind myself, Connie, you're doing all that you can. Put it at bay. I totally get it. Totally, totally paralyzing. Isn't it funny how we know we're kick-ass agents with the best of intentions and that we're sharp and on our game. And as soon as something goes wrong, we immediately blame ourselves. Okay, because we're action-oriented people, let's talk about how we can put that inner critic at bay. Yes, let's tackle those pesty little buggers. First and foremost, I learned this from my therapist. 
It's name your inner critic. Naming your inner critic reminds you that it's not you speaking. It's a whole different voice with a whole different personality that doesn't serve you. And when you're mindful of that, it helps you to call out that inner critic of a voice. Connie, what's your inner critic's name? I named her Sheila. Oh, Sheila. I love it. <laughs> I know. And there's no significant meaning to that name, except I like the name Sheila. And in my head, Sheila's got sass to her, which is why she's always spewing negativity. So I let myself know that, oh, you know, that's just Sheila talking. <laughs> okay. Second, I recommend hushing those voices and sinking into silence. Building a practice of honing your mental fortitude is huge. Of you know, swatting those voices away whenever possible. It takes practice and a whole lot of sitting and maybe a little bit more fidgeting. But think of it as investing in your future tranquility and calm. Mindfulness and meditation can be massively helpful in quieting or at least grappling with the inner critic. The Calm app or the Headspace app are really great places to start. I also did a class called MBSR, which stands for Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction, a couple of years ago. And there are eight-week seminars around the country that were originally designed for folks managing chronic pain, but now filled with overworked, overstressed professionals. (laughs) There are so many resources out there to help you be in the present moment and just ride out the waves of those inner critics. Third, and this one is my favorite because it never fails me, Move your body to move your mind. And this one I love because it's so simple and it's such a great form of self-care as well. And I love what writer and motivational speaker Rachel Hollis, for y'all who don't know her, she's so great. She always says, when you move your body, you move your mind. Ah, That can be as quick and easy as going out for a walk and breathing in that fresh air. For me, a good workout class will do the trick. And it's why I start my mornings with a daily workout, usually in the form of a spin class or bar or something that gets me to sweat. Because nothing gives me more clarity than focusing on the workout at hand, being present, pushing my own limits, and just sweating it all Mm -hmm. out. I love getting those endorphins going. Get your heart rate up and good music to move you, whether it's sprinting up a hill or on a treadmill like I do at Barry's Boot Camp. Or lifting some weights or even sometimes just shaking your booty to Beyonce in a dance class. These are all things we recommend and would totally, totally join you for too. Oh yeah. And lastly, to let go of that inner critic, we like to say, write it out and write it out. Here's our last tip, plus a tool we want to pass along to you. If your inner critic is particularly loud and rambunctious, it can be super helpful to simply get those thoughts out of your head. This one I try and practice pretty regularly. You can pop up the notes section on your phone or a Google Doc, or maybe you're old school like me and you have a little journal, whatever works for you. Then get to writing. I like to spew out a total stream of consciousness, whatever comes to mind, even if it doesn't make sense, it often does not make any sense. But for me, it's such a good tool. And if possible, I recommend pen and paper because there's just something helpful about the physical transference from mind out through the body. But again, whatever works for you. Some people need a little more structure. And if that's you, we recommend looking into a little technique we borrowed from cognitive behavioral therapy. It's a form of mental health intervention that confronts those twisty games of our minds 
with tangible, practical tools. I'm so, so, so excited about this one because we turned one of my favorite practices into a worksheet for you all to use. It will help you identify what that inner critic is actually saying and walk you through how to throw your palm right in front and say, no, that ain't right, that's not true, and here's what's really going down. Ah, it is so, so, so good. You can download it at ConnieandKenny.com, print out a stack, and have them ready to go within an arm's reach whenever you feel that inner voice creeping in. Mm-hmm. If you want to tackle the root cause of your inner critic, you'll definitely want to have our worksheet handy. But real talk, The other tactics we mentioned, finding your silence and getting out of your head and into your body, can seem like just distractions. Little tricks that divert your attention away from that pesky little voice of yours. And honestly, that's what they are. A lot of times, that's just what we need. You just need something to shake you up and get you out of your head as far away from that swirl as possible. And most times, once you're away from the swirl, you're totally good. And I've got the perfect story for this one. So Connie's baby girl, Mia, just turned two. And the amazing power of a distraction is nothing to joke around about. I've witnessed this firsthand so many times, and it's a lesson to be learned. Mia can be crying her head off, and I mean like screaming her head off over something truly terrible in her eyes like when i don't know tv time is over mm-hmm. or her favorite toy is nowhere to be found in those moments for mia some real inner voice some inner critic is saying this is not good and it feels like the end of the world but then put a piece of mango in front of her and then boom like magic she's calm as a cucumber and totally forgets about whatever she was worried about Totally. I'm so lucky that for Mia, food is an easy distraction (laughs) and such a good one at that. We are like Mia, for real. Our inner critics are the same whether we're little one or full-fledged adults. What's different, though, is sometimes, only sometimes, we need a little more than a piece of mango. What's also different is how we react to those inner voices and critics. Whether we can swat them away, get completely dragged into their weird, dark, anxiety dungeon, or best of all, confront them face to face. So, your task today is just to notice. Simple. Notice when your inner critic comes up and whispers salty nothings in your ears. Perhaps they've got a name. You don't even need to combat them if you aren't ready. Note them down mentally, or if you're an overachiever, note them in your phone or planner and get a feeling for what they're saying, how they're saying it, and when they're saying it. Then, when you're ready, try out one of those interventions, those nifty little tricks. Try a bit of meditation or go for a walk or book your next booty shake and dance class. Jot those thoughts down. And you can also, of course, download our worksheet too. It's a continual practice and we're totally still working on these ourselves. It's so hard. What it's like to unlearn or break down habits that you've been living with, been indulging for years, maybe decades, they are not coming down tomorrow. But you can take a single step towards another reality. Trust us, we're right there with you. Yes, you got this. Our inner voices will always be there. And luckily, we have the power to control their volume. We want to know what it's like for you. So give us your experiences. Yes. Do you have a funny name for your inner critic? We want to know. If she or he is particularly loud about something, let us know. Feel free to write it down and share with us so that at least it's off your shoulders. 
and know that you're not alone in this. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you loved this episode, please hit that subscribe button. And if you want to go that extra mile because you loved it so much, please leave us a review or better yet, share it with a friend. We're all about spreading the love because we're in this together. And if you want more, go to our website, ConnieAndKenny.com for resources and to sign up for our email newsletter where we'll send you insights for your business and your life. You can also follow our journey and behind the scenes action on Instagram at Connie and Kenny and let us know what you enjoyed most about this podcast episode. Until next time. Bye. bye.